Welcome, everyone, to this brand-new edition of Five Round MMA. My name is Alex Ramirez, alongside my co-host, Albert Sita. If you are watching us on YouTube, we are split-screen again due to a scheduling conflict. We are doing this episode remote. We, we had to get it in. Albert, we don't want to get uh, two weeks in a row without a show, so we're trying to get back on a consistent level now that there's no more MLB playoffs. Um, yeah. The uh, basketball season is kind of in, in – Kind of in full swing now. Uh, NFL is halfway through, so now no more excuses, no more distractions other than Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. But Albert, how you doing, man? How was your Halloween? Uh, my Halloween was actually pretty cool. I spent it at Disneyland. Um, I didn't go trick or treating, but I got back home in time, which at least I thought it was enough time for the trick or treaters. Um, I had no trick or treaters. I had like maybe like three, four kids show up. Uh, so I have a bag of chocolate. I'm tempted to eat the whole thing. And yeah, um, I don't know if it has to do with what's going on in the world or what, but I just didn't have that much trick-or-treaters this year. You know, I, I was having this discussion too. I th- I really do think it's because like there's so much, there's like the local community centers or churches have the trunk or treat. There's like Disneyland. There's like all these community events where people can go to trick-or-treat. And I think maybe the days of literally knocking on a stranger's door asking for candy might be over <laughs> because uh, with all these events going on the day of or the weekend of uh, Halloween, that families are maybe kind of tuck it out before this the night of. So yeah, and in um, all, all honesty, it's whatever's the safer route. I'm fine with. So there you go. I, your, I, your father. Hey, you want some? If now. You, you want some chocolate? I can bring some over uh, when we meet up. We'll do it, yeah. But uh, we have to make sure before we, we before we do on this chocolate, we got to make sure we get our Fox Sound fuel in. There we go. That, to get that pump in and get that workout in. That way, our we can indulge in our chocolate because our workouts are so great and so fueled with Fox Sound fuel. So go to foxhoundfuel.com. Get either one, two, or all three other workout powders. They have a ready natural pre-workout. You drink it before a warm-up and drills. Get sharp, focused, and hydrated during training. No jitteries, clean energy, and recovery enhancements are so needed. Uh, they also have a during workout hydration, natural hydration formula. You drink that during training, strength and conditioning, and sparring. It replenishes yourself to dig deep and sustain, sustain energy during those lighter rounds. Again, that's uh, it does its job. It's quench, it's quenching your thirst. It's, it's if you just if you get tired of water, you get the hydration formula on there too. It's great taste and flavor. It's coconut uh, and mango. And when you're all done with that, you get your recover natural post workout. It's you drink it after training to refuel, hydrate, and prepare for the next day. So go to foxhoundfuel.com, enter promo code five MMA for twenty five percent off your order. And also a big thank you to Wild Bar the protein bar for wild energy. It's naturally, uh, natural ingredients, hemp infused, um, nutrition dense bars. It's more than a protein bar. They got three good flavors, hemp parts and cherry, hemp parts and blueberry, and hemp parts and pineapple. Go to wildbar.co, enter promo code five round MMA 15 for 15% off your order. If you have an active lifestyle, if you just want that snack, uh, mid snack, mid morning snack, pre, um, uh, before workout snack, after workout snack, Wild Bar will do the job and get you filled up. It's good, clean nutrition. Again, Wild Bar, Fox Sound Fuel, pair them up. You're going to see the results. And then you can be like Albert Nine and indulge in all the chocolate you want. Look at that. I was flexing. You guys, you guys miss it on YouTube. Go to YouTube now. Um, again, thank you everybody for tuning in this week. A lot to talk about here. We're going to play 
uh, sell or no sell. We're also going to play uh, over under for MMA. So I guess Abba, we should explain uh, sell or no sell before we kind of get started here. So in term, what does it mean to sell in professional wrestling, Albert? It means that you are not only uh, making it believable what's happening in the ring, uh, people are uh, essentially considering it quote unquote real. Right. And to no sell means uh, you make it look as fake as possible <laughs> and so non-believable that you're probably going to get fired. Yeah. So basically when Albert or I say we're selling something means we agree with it. If we're not selling, nope, I'm not going to sell this. I don't agree with it. This is, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to sand sack. I'm going to sandbag my opponent here. Don't agree with this. So I know some, some similar games they play a buy or sell. I'm selling it. I'm buying it. So if you're selling, you're agreeing. If you're not selling, you're disagreeing here. So Albert, let's get started with round number one. We're playing uh, sell or no sell. Uh, this is again, going to cover various dirt sheet topics on the world of professional wrestling that we can't really spend a whole round on each one, but we want to talk about it really quick on it. So uh, the first topic for sell or no sell, Ring of Honor, man. They are they released their entire roster of their, their contractual obligations, all their entire roster's free agents. Um, from reports now saying they're uh, millions of dollars in debt due to them actually paying their wrestlers during the pandemic. They weren't running shows, weren't running TV, they continue to pay their their, their talent so good on ring of honor for doing that but because of that they're forced to kind of have a weekly television production show and also even continue to pay the roster the, the roster on a regular basis so they released everybody reports now saying that ring of honor is going to run like a super indie promotion a la pwg and game changer wrestling where there's they're going to bring in the top talent from everywhere around the world and just have a, a show once a month so albert buyers buyer or sell or no sell Ring of Honor becoming a super indie promotion like PWG and Game Changer Wrestling. Is this a good formula for them? And tell me when they get back on their feet. Uh, I'm going to sell. Um, I think in the landscape of pro wrestling right now, it's not a bad thing to call yourself an indie promotion. Super uh, indie. Super indie. Even that. Um, right now, the talent pool is very hot. A little bit too deep. I mean, I have never seen... The wrestling talent pool this deep. I mean, you can get some bangers in the indie circuit right now, and it's just ridiculous the matchups you can make in the indie circuit. So um, I can see them surviving in that route, uh, buying their time until they can figure things out financially, and also what makes sense because uh, Ring of Honor has always I felt had the the short end of the stick when it came to wrestling in general, just because. Every star that you see on WWE, AEW, uh, they were in Ring of Honor first. And they were big time in Ring of Honor. It's just that, you know, I have always been a big believer that Ring of Honor uh, needs to hire a media guy like me and you, Alex, <laughs> and actually produce yeah. that show because um, they can have all the talent in the world, which they've had. They still, I mean, leading up to the release, they have some bangers in there, bro. They got some some killers in that roster. But the production value that I, whenever I check out Ring of Honor, it always gives me that indie feel, and it never gives me like a good clean. And and I'm not saying just because of their cameras. Like obviously, WWE has probably one of the best cameras out there because yeah. their association with Fox and everything. So I'm not even, best, like even invest in a good stage setup. Exactly. That That's what I'm saying. There was a lot of stuff I feel Ring of Honor could have cleaned up, make look better to really 
uh, put themselves in the same level as Impact, and at the, and they had the roster to compete with uh, with players like Impact. I just feel like their media never got it, never got it. Uh, they always had the talent, just never the media. So when it comes to the indie circuit, um, sadly, all that matters is the talent. When you, when, when it, it's not necessarily the production value or whatever. It's just putting out as much good matches as you can, making sure the crowd is hot and people are on the seats. Yeah, I mean, uh, for all from what I heard, the rumors are going around that they're keeping their library, their their tape library. They're not selling that. That they're going to go with this uh, indie promotion. Uh, super indie uh, formula for the for the future. It's worked for PWG. Look what ha- has done for PWG, which essentially was Albert Ring of Honor West Coast, right? It yes. was all the guys yeah, who wrestled 100%. on Ring of Honor East Coast. That was their that, PWG was their West Coast tour because Ring of Honor never went west of the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So in order to see these guys, it was for PWG, which is what it was. So I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see Ring of Honor still there. I mean, they. Everybody who's anybody wrestling in Ring of Honor, they have a, a history that's about as rich as any wrestling promotion that's ever been out there. Their tape library is worth a lot of money, but I think they're holding on to it. So I'm selling on this as well. I think that it will work for them, and hopefully they, they kind of stay in business. And if you guys are in the East Coast, man, you got to support Ring of Honor now because we can't have another promotion go out there. It's another format for, the, for these wrestlers to get paid, and it's another opportunity for this organization to keep afloat. So best of luck to Ring of Honor and their new game plan to become a super indie promotion. So, Albert, topic number two. You remember Cain Velasquez, right? 100%. One of my favorite fighters former of all UFC time. Head, former UFC heavyweight champion uh, and part-time luchador, professional wrestler, uh-huh. how you want to put it. A good um, luchador, he, he by the way. It. Yeah, he did an interview recently making the rounds, and he kind of asked, he was asked, like, hey, what happened to WWE? And um, your match with Brock Lesnar wasn't as great as it was. He basically said, here, uh, timer is five minutes already. So when we said that, um, he said, yeah, I was injured. My knee's still kind of messed up, but hey, I, I tried my best. I still want to try wrestling. I'm not going to have any surgery. I'm just going to wear a brace and kind of uh, push through it. And they asked him, what happened to How come they released you? You're former, you're believable. And he said, just straight up, they didn't use me. They were going to use me. They didn't use me. They never called me. And then all of a sudden, during that latest round last year, the COVID cuts, he was part of it. That was it. So, uh, sell or no sell, Cain Velasquez ever returned to the WWE again? I'm a seller. And was it a, and was it a mistake? I'm was a seller. I'm a seller big it. time. Um, I think Cain Velasquez is an incredible talent, incredible athlete. He's in the same level as Kurt Angle. Um, he caught wrestling like that. I mean, he understood it, the psychology of it, the athleticism of it, um, he was even able to put up, put over Brock without any problem. Um, yeah. you, you would think like there'll be at least some issue because of their, their past history, but no, it was, it, 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 it I wouldn't say it was a good match, but he did what he was supposed to do. And yeah. at the end of the day, uh, that that's what you look for in an athlete that can legit hurt somebody if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to sell too. I think he'll, he'll return to the WWE. I think when, obviously, they're probably going to want to do a different game plan from AEW. They're going to want to have, I, I hate to say this, but um, bigger wrestlers, more believable wrestlers, because that's the kind of game plan we have. Drew McIntyre, we have Big E, we have Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, like physically bigger guys than an Adam Cole or a Darby Allen. So, and Kane Lass is believable. 
I think if they're going to go that route for their, you know, the top star division, Cain Velasquez in the WWE is going to be a lock for sure. And I think he's just, getting, I think he's just getting started in his professional wrestling career. So I'm excited to see what Cain uh, Velasquez. Yeah. Does. So last one. Yeah, don't, go ahead, go real ahead. quick, just don't be surprised if you see him pop up on NXT. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one. So uh, the great Brian Danielson has been doing a lot more interviews now, which is a great thing about him uh, no longer being part of WWE. Kind of the filters off, and he can kind of do wherever he wants. Uh, he was asked recently about who his uh, dream opponent it would be, um, regardless of time and space and all that stuff. And he said one of his dream opponents would have been Luthez. So Albert Byers uh, again, sell or no sell. Brian Downson versus Luthez being a five-star match. It's a no-sell to me. No uh, okay. It's a no-sell. You're just disrespecting the, Luthez, the great Luthez, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Bryan is a tremendous talent. Uh, I think he can have a good match with anybody. You can put a box <laughs> in. The, you, you can put a box in there, and he'll have a good match. Now we're talking about a five-star match. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega has spoiled me and gave me a six-star match. So with that said, I find it hard that the work rate will be there for it to be a five-star match. But then again, Daniel Bryan is a hell of a talent. And uh, if anyone can do it, it's him. But I would say at the best, that match is a (laughs) four-star. Four and a half. I'm giving it a four and a half. Oh, wow. Because maybe the style is not matched. Or maybe... Luthez, my uh, sandbag Brian Downson. <laughs> say, hey kid, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sell for you. I'm not doing uh, it. All right, that's it for round number one. Seller, seller, no sell. Uh, we're gonna take a small break. Come back and switch gears to some uh, mixed martial arts. And I, I want to ask you: Is Joanna Jacek, former Joanna champion, is she being disrespected by Dana White in the UFC? Ooh. So we'll talk about that next. Five round MMA. Welcome back. Time for round number two. Time has started here. So a uh, former uh, UFC women's strawweight champion. Yeah, strawweight. Um, Joanna Janjacek has been out of action for a long time since March of last year. Uh, new, made the, her name recently made the rounds because she was dropped from the rankings due to quote-unquote inactivity. Mm-hmm. And when asked what's going on, Dana White said basically uh, negotiations are kind of falling through that she wants to get paid every time she fights. She wants a title fight every time she fights. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. Uh, but that's what it is. And that's why she, they haven't found anything for her yet. Um, to quote, uh, Dana White said that Joanna ate a lot of cake when she was champion. Uh, she was a champ. She did very well, deservedly. She's a little savage, and I love that kid. She was telling us she only wants fight title fights. But you know what? That's not really how it works, end quote. So, Albert, I'm asking you, man, is does Joanna J deserve more respect than this? Because let's check. Conor McGregor stays on the rankings for as long as he wants. And whenever Conor wants a title fight, he gets a title fight. Okay, so... Where's, where's that same respect for Joanna? She's, if not, more dominant than Conor McGregor ever was. So before I even say any comments, uh, Joanna, amazing champion, fabulous <laughs> champion, uh, one of the most dominant fighters I've ever seen. Big First fan of her. Love her. Uh, she has uh, the drip game going on real good. But with all that said, at the end of the day, it's about the numbers. Connor has always brought the numbers. <laughs> Joanna hasn't. And for that reason is the reason you have to rebuild uh, the star that is that that, that Joanna was. Um, right. People forget that this is the fight business. It's not the friend business. 
So um, <laughs> as long as she provides those numbers, she could do. She can have fifty title sh- shots. It don't matter. But the numbers aren't there, and sadly, you you it's it's been so long since we've seen Joanna fight that it's all. I mean, I see these fighters is just like stock. Like sometimes their stock is extremely high, and you gotta you gotta buy buy buy. And sometimes they're very low. You either gotta sell or rebuild it, repackage it, uh, whatever you have to do. And I think Joanna's in that boat where you have to repackage her. But the only repackage her is to kind of increase that highlight reel. And the only way to increase the highlight reel is you got to take fights that are not going to be championship fights. Um, yeah, they're not going to be uh, all top three and impo- top ranked top three uh, opponents. But in, in the reality is you got to repackage her. And that's the honest truth. Uh, a repackaged Joanna is the best Joanna, I think. I think uh, that maybe not a title fight right away, but give her one or two in the division. Make her the main event, co-main event for a fight night, but just pay her. She wants she wants the money, or she wants the title fight. I think that both come are coming hand in hand, but I just don't like it how – where's the consistency at, man? I know Conor McGregor does whatever he wants. Seems like Kahib does whatever he wants. Some fighters do whatever they want. I mean, you know, Michael Chandler comes and gets a title shot right away. So I uh, just – for somebody who has decorated as Joanna is, she deserves a little more respect, I think, than that. And I know she hasn't been on the top of her game the last two, but at least give her like a top – top tier fighter it seems like they do want her to kind of start down at the bottom and then go go up or maybe they see her more as a gatekeeping role now even though i don't think maybe they want to put her against a prospect and she's not i don't want that so the, i think that she deserves and all, the, a, all the money in that division it's i get the money uh, the money part but it's the matchups aren't there for her in the top i'm saying like there's no way you put her against rose there's no way you play put her against uh the former champion i don't want to butcher her name yeah. Um. There's no way she already defeated Carla Spraza. I. You know what I'm saying? There's not really a place for her in the top. That's what I'm. Yeah. She has to work well, her way I, back up. Yeah. Looking back at her last two wins were over Michelle Waterson in 2019, and before that it was against Ticia Torres back in 2018, and she suffered uh, um, losses to uh, Yang Wei and then Valtyshenko, and then lost back to back to Rose Namajunas. So she's not losing the slouches. But and she's also beating who she's supposed to be. We, we kind of know what Michelle Watterson is. We kind of know what Ticia Torres is. They're kind of that middle, upper middle of the division. So she can beat on them. But maybe yeah, maybe she is just kind of right. But I still think she's done enough. I mean, total, she's I mean, sixteen and four had an unbelievable run as champion. Was couldn't even be touched. Kind of like the only thing I think of now is what uh, Shevchenko is doing right now. Before Shevchenko, there was um, Joanna. And she is 34. That is old in fighter's age. But I don't know. I think I, I just don't like that. Let her have her cake and eat it too, bro. <laughs> I mean, she kind of already did, but I mean, she was <laughs> she, gets she, she was in the cover of all the Reebok sponsorship stuff. Remember, she yeah. was in all the press tours. She she was in those big shows as well. So it wasn't like they didn't treat she her like already. a champion when she was a champ. She ate already. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time to bake. Right, it's so time to bake another two. cake. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I like that. I like that. We're gonna end here with round number two. Uh, we're sticking with mixed martial arts. Uh, we're gonna have a UFC 267 reactions, uh, title changes, main event. Uh, but we're gonna play uh, over under on the reactions here for UFC 267. Coming up next. Five round MMA.
Welcome back. Time for round number three. Let's talk about the big UFC pay-per-view that happened this past weekend. UFC 267 had two title fights, uh, light heavyweight championship and the interim bantamweight champion, plus Islam Makachev does what he does, and uh, uh, Mogamad Avelinov Ooh. does what he does, too. <laughs> I don't want to butcher everybody's name, but we'll talk about the, real quick the reaction. John Blockowitz loses his title to 42-year-old Glover Teixeira. What a long journey has been for him. He submits the... Um, the champion in the second round is now the new light heavyweight champion. Peter Yan defeats Corey Sanhagen in a hell of a fight. He is now the interim bantamweight champion. Uh, sets up a rematch with Algernon Sterling. Fate is says, "Hey, you know what? We're too, they're too. You have to have to fight." And then the other big one was Islam Makachev submits Dan Hooker in round one. That dude looks unstoppable here. But Albert, before we play um, over or under, any kind of. Uh, Want to give your thoughts on the, the the card as a whole, or some um, reaction to it, or just ready to rock and roll? Uh, let's go and rock and roll, because I, I kind of just want to yeah. focus on those three fights. Yeah, it's what over and under. So, like I said, Glover Teixeira defeats uh, Jan Blockowitz to become the new light heavyweight champion. Like we've been talking about it for a while, the division's kind of thin here. There's might be somebody new in Paulo Costa. Uh, we talked about it now, but over under the number three for towel defenses for Glover Teixeira. Under. Under. What are you calling that? Two, I, one? No. I'm, zero? Two total? One total fence? I'm saying total one max. One max. And okay. that's depending who he faces. Um, okay. I honestly think that when Izzy fought uh, Juwan, uh I'm butcher his name too. Jan. Jan. I'm just calling him Jan, yeah. When Izzy yeah. fought Jan, um, I think Izzy gave him too much respect. And I feel okay. I feel is it, it wasn't Izzy's best night. And he was still able to go the distance with him. With that said, um, Glover, God bless his soul, man. I mean, like, I love a good story just like anybody else. I love the fact that he's in his 40s and he's a champion, that he came back from a losing streak, gone a winning streak, and won the title. But at Definitely the, gives me inspiration. Yeah, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't see the explosiveness there. That I saw in uh, other dominant champions. Um, I think Paulo Costa is a bad matchup for him. I think Paulo Costa can beat him. I think uh, uh, Ponytail Man. I don't want to butcher his name. <laughs> Dude, I'm just hard. They, honestly, they need to get, they, they need to start getting. Uh, no, they all need to get nicknames. That's all I gotta yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Um, what what's his name? Why you looked that up? Um. Let me look it up. Right. Proper I think that's a bad matchup. I think he beats Glover. And then <coughs> and then at the at the same time, um I feel you can even bring back Alexander Gustafsson and he might he might be able <laughs> to be out. the be the winner. Uh come out of retirement? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that 42-year-old Jan Blockwitz defeated 38-year-old um uh, I mean 42-year-old Glover Teixeira defeated 38-year-old Jan Blockers. We talked about this, um, the vision being a little old here. So I do think that um, if it's uh, – you're thinking of uh, Yuri Prokchakov. Yeah, there is. Or his nickname is BJP. <laughs> we'll go with that. All right, BJP. So BJP, I think he might be next in line, like you said. And um, the UFC might just say, hey, you know what, Izzy? We'll give it to you again. We'll give you Glover to share on the, to request to become a double champion. And, and I think, and, and I, th I think, I think if if Izzy uh, destroys Robert Whitaker, I think he gets it and he beats Glover. 
Yeah, I like it. So uh, next one, over or under the number one uh, for the times Peter Yan and Algebra and Sterling's rematch will be postponed once again. So it's been re- re- postponed once. Now it's official. Now that Peter Yan is interim bantamweight champion, um, Algebra and Sterling's official bantamweight champion, do you see this fight happening later this year, or will it be postponed once or maybe twice? I'm gonna take the over or under. I'm gonna take the over. I th- <laughs> I think we have another Tony uh, Kahib situation here. I don't think they're never gonna fight. I don't think they're ever gonna fight. To tell you the truth, I think they're gonna get to a place where uh, Sterling's gonna have to re-earn his title shot, and there's some animals coming up on that division. And I, who knows? I I think he might be left behind here. Um, would I like to see a rematch? Of course. Uh, I don't think any fight fan uh wants to leave that that that, that matchup uh with a question mark. But uh, I think it's gonna be another Tony Kahib, to tell you the truth. I think so too. I think that I don't know. I, maybe Algerman's gonna try to extend this as much as possible <laughs> and say, hey, um, something might come up, or you know, just try not to fight. <laughs> I mean, to fight, a, um, a, after that fight, don't you think Cody's still one more fight away from doing another rematch? Cody Sanhagen? Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Cody, I think, I feel like Cody Sanhagen did enough in the beginning of the fight to say that it could have went his way a, until we got to the second half of the fight. I mean, there's, there's an argument yeah. to be made that maybe with just the right adjustments, Cody can get it done. Yeah, that, that dude's a tough man. He's a tough, tough dude, man. Corey Sanhagen, I think he's just – it could be just a log jam right now. I, I think his time is still still coming up. So um, I am going to go over on that one. I think it's going to be delayed a couple more times. Uh, last one, over, under, two more wins. Number two, uh, more wins for Islam Makachev to get a title shot. Under. Under. One more win he's, he's a title he's, shot or yep. what? Uh, it doesn't matter who he faces next. Um, he's getting a title shot with one more win. And um, they're going to try to bank like one of the, one of the Diaz brothers, of course, <coughs> because that's just pay per view gold. But um, if they can get one of the Diaz brothers, um, I'm pretty sure uh, they're trying. They're probably trying to work in their Masvidal or the loser off of Usman, or heck, he can just have a fight night since the guy never gets hurt. Have a yeah. fight night, and if if uh, whoever comes out the champion in the next pay per view. Uh, doesn't hurt themselves. He could be right, right there. So he, I, I, I'm, I'm going under. I think they're giving two more fights. Wow, two more fights. <laughs> yeah, because he was supposed to fight RDA. He uh-huh. fought Dan Hooker on short notice. So who knows if Dan Hooker had? I'm playing devil's advocate here. If had a full camp, I mean, this is the biggest win of his career in terms of notoriety. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's beaten Drew Dober, uh, Gleason, Tebow, but none mm-hmm. of them are really, you know, Nick Lentz. None of them are really top five guys. I think they give them but, somebody that top five, top three, and then a title shot. So two more title fights. Okay. I think Kahib's going to say give him two more title fights. He's not ready yet. So I'm going over on that one. Or maybe even. Huh? I'll call you on that one. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, UFC 267, pretty good card fight. It was free, too. Last week we said it was paid, but it was Yeah, it was free. It was free. I, I, maybe they heard us and they're like, dude, they, can't, they said yeah, they weren't going to pay so many bucks. It was well, way too early. I think it's like at 9 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast. So I was like, I'm not going to. Sorry. Sorry. I got things to do at UFC. Um, that's it for round number three. We'll take a small break into the championship rounds. We're going to switch gears to talk about some WWE and what was the original plan for 205 Live and how it just died in the hands of Vince McMahon. So let's go up next. Five-round MMA. 
Welcome back. Time for round number four. Uh, you remember Tony Tony Nice, right? Great UFC, I mean WWE cruiserweight Tony Nice. Great body. I remember that. Built like a Greek god, works hard on it. Well, he is at a uh, twenty-four pack, ripped yeah. to gills. The dude, he was released for the WWE. Now he's an AEW, so that means he is free to say whatever he wants now. Uh, most surprising thing to me, he because he was a, a cruiserweight staple. And the WWE 205 Live, that was, I don't even know what day or channel it was on. It might have been on the network. I don't know. Um, but they asked him, or he kind of said in the interview that the original plan for 205 Live was going to be Triple H's baby. He's going to have a yearly Cruiserweight tournament. Because remember, 205 Live was born from the Cruiserweight Classic. Yep. Triple, H, Triple H wanted rankings uh, and to count wins and losses. That was how it's going to be. And then all of a sudden, uh, Bits of Man said, no, I'm taking, taking charge of it. And it's going to be just... What it is, just regular random matchups for no real storylines at all. Um, kind of, and remember, Cruiserweight Classic happened way before AEW was even a thought. Yep. And this whole ranking system and records kind of sounds like AEW was kind of, hey, you know, getting ideas from Triple H here. So your kind of thoughts on what could have been for 205 Live. And do you see professional wrestling ever leaving that sport entertainment world as long as uh, Vince McMahon's alive? So... When 205 first got announced, I got legit excited. I liked the idea. Um, I knew that I knew it was going to be trouble when they try to shoot the the weight. Uh, you know, if they were to have them go, go on scale and they really had a way in, I knew yeah. that that would be a serious issue. But I kind of liked it. And I liked the whole concept of it. And I mean, they got, if you go back to the tournament, they had some heavyweights on that. I mean, I- Ibushi was in there. Um, you you had Zack Saber Jr. Zack Saber Jr. There is so much talent in that tournament. But the reason why there is so much talent in that tournament because it was a tournament. There was really no commitment to be made to WWE, and there is no fear for like let's say New Japan or Ring of Honor or any other promotion to be like, dude, they're gonna poacher or talent. It was like, if anything, it helped both companies out. So I, I loved the concept of it, and I think there is a niche for that in pro wrestling. Um, I've always been a fan of making weight classes. The tough part is there's a lot of, how can I say? I, I, I feel like the old school mentality of faking your weight doesn't matter anymore. Like, who, like I don't think the, the average person hears someone say, He's 180 pounds and be like, oh, that fool's weak. Like, bro, have you seen UFC? Have you seen the 170 yeah. division? Those guys are monsters. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think they have to buffer their weight as much as like they, oh, they did before. So I feel like there could be something you can do. Maybe not as strict because I don't want my talent weight cutting. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, the, but there yeah, is something that, there. Yeah. I've always, that's why um, I've always liked. It's now the WWE Championship. I don't think they ever call it the WWE Heavyweight Championship anymore. Yeah. What? Last time I checked, the Intercontinental Championship doesn't have any weight class. The United States Championship doesn't have a weight class. I mean, back in the day, it said heavyweight on there. Yeah. But weight is doesn't mean anything in W in professional wrestling anymore. I know that MLW has the open weight, um, open weight title. They have the middleweight title to kind of have that sort of like distinguish. Okay, this is the the cruiserweight kind of style of wrestling. 
But even, the, I mean, AEW, it's the AEW championship. It's the TNT championship. What does that even mean? X division, what does that mean? So I, the weights don't matter anymore, like you said, in professional wrestling. And it's, it's almost a shame that that the WWE is such a big company and they have their own network, but yet it all has to be the same type of wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's almost like Disney doing nothing but cartoons and not having Pixar, not having Marvel, not, you know, back in the day, was it Disney owned Miramax to to uh, distribute like R-rated films almost, right? Yeah. And those all under one umbrella. Why can't WWE have that type of hardcore wrestling under their umbrella? Yeah, it's under the WWE umbrella, but it doesn't have to be under the thumb of Vince McMahon. It doesn't all have to be the same. And you can say 205 Live was never going to be marketed towards that eight to 18 year old audience is going to be marketed to the 18 to 35 year old hardcore wrestling fans. And it's just another stream of revenue for the company. But unfortunately that's, you know, it's Vince's company. He has every right to say what he wants it. He wants it this way. Um, and it's basically his world and we're all living in it. (laughs) I do, Um, I do believe if it was a one-off, it would have been super successful. Or if every, every three months, the title has to be defended in the tournament. Yeah. Um. I but, think it'll be success. I'm mean, like, just like uh, we, we've said it before. Huge fan of tournaments. I would honestly, no matter what I have, I'll make a tournament. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. And it sucks that you, know, you kind of see that this is these are the ideas that Triple H had. You know, when we saw what NXT was when he was when he when he had it. So, I mean, it's a shame. So, it is what it is. Uh, that's it for round number four. We got one more round. We're gonna preview the big time UFC pay per view this weekend. UFC 268, Usman versus Covington two coming up next. Five round MMA. Welcome back, fifth and final round. UFC 268, Usman versus Covington takes place this Saturday, November sixth, live on pay per view in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, and Albert. Man, they stack this card to the gills. Main event, Kamal Usman versus Colby Covington. Co-main event, Rose Nama Yunus versus Zhang Wei. Uh, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Um, that Rose Nama Yunus is for the women's strawweight title. Usman and Covington's for the welterweight title. Grudge match between Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler. You got Frank Yeager versus Marlon Brower, too. Um, Shane Burroughs versus uh, Billy Quantanillo. Um, that's just the main card, and the prelims are stacked as well. I got Al Ayanquita versus Bobby Green. You got a ton of guys on there and and women just fighting. Um, but this main card, Albert, Usman versus Covington. Ooh. You're a bigger Covington fan than I am. Yep. Uh, I know he's all gimmick, and he's, he's living the gimmick, mm-hmm. so you do what you got to do. It's worked for him so far. Um, he's kind of laid off on the MAGA thing for a little bit, but he's kind of still saying what he wants to say. And it's working, so it's got him to this position now. I think Usman's the baddest dude on the planet. I don't see anybody beating him anytime soon. Um, your thoughts on this main event really quick. Well, if you go back to the first fight, it's very clear. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very clear that Usman had a little a little a little help uh from the ref. Um there's clearly a, a kick that lands clean in the body. Uh, Usman acts like he got a low blow. He gets some time. It was a clean click. The other one was um, he got rocked and then blamed uh, eye poke. And the ref gave him time. And there was clearly no eye poke. Uh, he just got rocked. So there was he had some help uh, in the first fight. Um, I think 
Usman has taken leaps since that fight. But at the same time, uh, for some reason, I feel like Colby Covington has that ace in his back pocket. He's the type of fighter where you don't really expect him to be in a, a, a good stand-up guy. You don't expect him to be a good submission guy. But don't get it wrong. Uh, he is extremely good in his stand-up. And we haven't seen him in a while. And I think people are going to forget how good he really is. And if there's anyone that can beat Usman now, I do think it's Covington. Uh, Covington, obviously, it's what he's done in the octagon and his gimmick that's got him there. He last defeated Tyrone Woodley, um, fifth round, uh, KO, TKO. Before that, he lost to Usman in the fifth round. He went five rounds with Usman, basically. It was like a minute left, and uh, Usman finished it. Before that, five-round decision. Even that was a a little controversial. Before that, Covington beat Robbie Lawler, five-round decision. Before that, he beat Jaco Dos Anjos, five-round decision. Uh, Before that, he beat um, Damian Maia, a five-round decision. So he, you know, he's beaten guys, Mm. but not to the extent of how Usman could dismantle somebody. So uh, I think Usman's just on another level right now, and Covington is a worthy champion. I don't know if he'll, he'll come off with the win. But it's kind of hard to pick Usman um, the rate he's going at right now. The only thing I can think of is Usman is already talking about this garbage with Canelo Alvarez. Uh, don't so maybe do he's, it. Don't maybe do he's it. Looking past, maybe he's looking past Covington. I don't if know. If he's measuring if, his boxing skills because of what he did in Mazdov, he's sadly mistaken. Yeah. Um, Co-main event, uh, Rose Namajunas versus Zhang Wiley. Um, immediate rematch, I think, uh, well-deserved. I don't know um, about that, but... Well, I mean, she's was Yang is you know you don't you don't beat Rose Nami Yunus and Jessica Andrade, and I think it's more like who else is gonna fight? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, Rose as well. That's what I was gonna say. I think it's more about uh, the options. Um, I do think Rose clearly showed she was the better fighter that night and was head and shoulders above her that night. Yeah, I haven't been I haven't been following Rose's kind of pre-fight uh, media. Hopefully, she doesn't talk anymore about this whole um, red, st- <laughs> red, red state thing nonsense. I will say this: uh, the former champion, uh, it looks like she had a little bit of training with Henry Cejudo. Uh, so Ooh. I'm ex- so I'm excited to see if uh, any of that uh, comes out in the fight. Yeah, uh, grudge match. The part of the fight I'm looking to for the most: Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. It got personal from nowhere. Yeah, just basically, it got personal because Justin Gaethje made it personal. <laughs> he's already he's already calling for a title title shot after he beats uh, Michael Chandler, which I think it makes sense because Chandler just fought for the title, so might as well get him a title shot, right? Makes sense, but it ain't gonna happen. My it's boy like Michael, happened. I feel like my boy Michael Chandler is not not only is he gonna piece him up, I think he's gonna take him to wrestling school. To tell you the truth, yeah, uh, yeah, Chandler is known. To get rocked, which Gaethje has more than enough power to do so. I just feel like Gaethje, for once, is going in a little bit too confident, I think. (laughs) Gaethje usually just goes in there and does his thing. But the way I'm hearing, the way it sounds, it sounds like he's going just a tad too confident. And I think that's going to bite him in the butt. Uh, Okay. Well... 
We'll see. Uh, that's the fight I'm looking forward to the most this Saturday. UFC 268, November 6th, live on pay-per-view, Madison Square Garden. Big time, two back-to-back weekends, UFC pay-per-views. The UFC's back. I like it. Albert, we're almost done here. Almost, I lost my train of thought. Oh. But, <laughs> uh, all right, uh, we're out of here for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, please turn on notifications, subscribe. Um, leave a comment, like our videos, uh, give it a thumbs up. If you're listening to us on audio format, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podomatic, Amazon as a podcast thing. Wherever you get your audio podcasts, we are there. Leave us a comment, review on all your platforms. Listen to, please. It's greatly appreciated. Follow us on social media. We're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, all handles at 5RoundMMA. It's F-I-V-E Round MMA. And visit 5RoundMMA.com. A big thank you to Foxhound Fuel. Go to FoxhoundFuel.com. Enter promo code 5MMA for 25% off your order. Go to WildBar.co. Enter promo code 5RoundMMA15 for 15% off your order. A big thank you to both of them for sponsoring this week's show. Uh, Albert, what do you got? Uh, Just keep bringing those comments on TikTok. I like it, bro. Gives me hyped up. Uh, And thanks, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in.